Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chapel reminds us how we can live in spiritual victory. The Bible helps us to form into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you right now, you understand why the teenage girls oftentimes want to dress so immodestly and why the young people want to pierce and tattoo because that's who they're watching on television. You know why they're not acting like Jesus Christ? Because they're not under the Word of God enough. They're not hearing enough preaching. You will never become like Christ if you're watching more television than you are the Word of God. The Bible says that through Christ, we have victory. Through our relationship with God, He has made us more than conquerors. If He is for us, who can be against us? But if this is true, then why do we doubt and struggle? In our series today, we will learn about God's powerful sovereignty and how we can overcome the adversities of life. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, The Winning Side, we will discover how our acceptance in Christ allows us to live in confidence that we're on the winning side. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chappell with part two of a message called Victory Through Discipline. The Greek athletes who, in preparing themselves for the games, abstained from unwholesome food. They abstained from sexual indulgence. They abstained from wine. They only thought of one thing, and that was the games that they were about to to participate in. 1 Timothy 4 and 7 says it this way. But refuse profane and old wives' uh, fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now, get that verse right there, if you would, uh, in your your eyeballs there. Notice it, if you would. uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. I want you to read this with me this morning. 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Ready to begin. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself unto. For bodily exercise profiteth, but godliness is profitable unto, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Now verse 7 says we're to set aside gossip, we're to set aside talking about things that are unprofitable, and we are to exercise ourselves under that which is godly. What would happen if every Christian woman so-called would take all of the exercise of gossip and replace it with an exercise unto godliness? What would happen if every man who spends time just idly talking about other people and other things would take that same time and talk about the goodness of God and asking questions about the Bible and the doctrines of the Bible. So the Bible teaches us that we're to exercise ourselves unto godliness. And then notice verse 8. It says, bodily exercise profiteth little. Now this is not a message to put down bodily exercise. Some of you uh, uh, need to do that and you're involved in doing that. That's fine. That's wonderful. But here's the point this morning. To the extent that a man or a woman would exercise physically and rise up early and be excited to go exercise but not have that time in the Word of God is to the extent that there's an imbalance in their life. Because bodily exercise, it profits something. But notice what it says, that godliness is profitable unto how many things? All things. Being a godly person, having the wisdom of the Word of God is vital in your life. And, and taking the time to exercise your spiritual discernment in the Word of God. 
Now the word exercise here, of course, means a, a vigorous activity. And, and that means that when someone is exercising on a machine, that if they're going to have opportunity uh, to, to really see the benefit of that exercise, they need to be very rigorous at that, at least for a season of that exercise. And God says, when you come to my house, when you open my word, and when you pray, don't fall asleep doing it. But be vigorous about what you're doing. Be attentive about what you're doing. Take whatever measures are necessary to write down questions, to ask your teacher a question, to email the pastor a question, to study, to show thyself approved. It ought to be something that is serious in your life. Now, there are at least four spiritual exercises that I give recommendation to you this morning. This is my prescription to you today. Those of you that are slightly spiritually obese. Those of you that are spiritually apathetic. Those of you that spiritually need to work some calories off. You need to exercise yourself unto godliness. Here's a prescription for you this morning spiritually to get stronger. By the way, how many of you when you go to the doctor and he says, take this or do that, how many of you do what the man says or the woman says? Huh? Come on, help me. Come on now. Come on now. Help me out here. Some of you say, I don't do it. Yes, you do. He writes out that little paper, you go to CVC pharmacy and you do what he says. So here, Dr. Chapel is prescribing to you something this morning, okay? I'm going to give you a fourfold prescription today about exercise. First, I want to challenge you to exercise your prayer life. Exercise in prayer. Take time to be holy. Take time with the Lord. We have this little tool that we published a few years ago called the Stewarding Life Planner. They're available out in the bookstore. This is what, uh, what I use every single morning. And it's a help to me. And uh, I've used different tools, but I write down uh, my time spent in prayer. What time did I pray? How long did I pray? And it's something that's a tool. And it's right, it's right on the study desk. It's right there uh, where uh, other books are, my Bible is, where things that I do every morning early. It's right there. Uh, it, and it's going to stay there. And it's in the way. It's talking to me. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. And I take time in prayer. And I want to encourage you. Make a prayer list. Pray for other people. Uh, make a prayer list where you're asking God for wisdom and the fullness of His Spirit and asking God for strength and, and spend time talking to the Lord. Exercise in prayer. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Secondly, exercise in Bible study and reading. In Bible study and reading. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, some people want this easy Christian life. They want to show up for church for 30, 40 minutes a week. They want the rock band to make them feel like they felt at the club on Saturday night. And they want the preacher to keep it short and don't say anything that's offensive. And then they want to go on the rest of their week just living the way that they want to live, right? And if you want that kind of a Christian life, you're in the wrong church. Because we happen to believe the Bible teaches us that we're to be conforming to the image of Christ. That means we're here to be changing so that we're more like Jesus Christ. The fact of the matter is today that a part of that involves studying the Word of God. And, and you say, well, I don't like school. I never liked school. Well, get over it. Build a bridge and get over it. Open the Bible, read it, and study the Word of God. Uh, get a, did a Strong's Concordance and study what the words mean. And uh, get maps and study 
study where the missionary journeys were, whatever it takes. Go to the back of your Bible and study uh, various different meanings, but exercise in the study and the reading. And it doesn't have to be that difficult either. Sometimes it may be the book of Proverbs, as I do. I read a proverb a day, and there's 31 proverbs, and you can read one proverb a day. Listen, it will help you to be a better manager at work. It'll help you to be a mother, a better mother with your children. One proverb a day, reading the Word of God. So exercise in the Bible. Letter, no, notice thirdly on your prescription, exercise in service, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And one of the best ways to develop spiritual muscles is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to witness, to pass out tracts, to talk to people about the Lord. That will help you become a stronger Christian. And then fourthly, exercising abstinence. Even as the coach said, stay away from this so that you can be a better player. What does God say? 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, as the coach told me, I will tell you, there are many factors in this culture that are going to cause you to become a castaway, a, a person with no spiritual power. And you must determine that whether it's HBO or whether it's some other television or internet or some old friend from high school that you met at your high school reunion or whatever it is that you will abstain from that because it's going to make you weak and you're going to lose the race and you're going to lose your testimony and you're going to lose your family just as certain athletes say I'm not going to be involved in that activity because I want to win a championship you and I must say there are some things in this world that I'm not going to be a part of because I want to finish my course with joy and without regret and so we must come to that place of exercising uh, abstinence from those activities that would cause us to fall and cause us to fail so we must practice self-control if you're with me on that say amen there's your prescription right there prayer and Bible study and serving and fourthly abstinence from those things that would pull you down from the spiritual race you're not going to be on the winning side if you don't have these spiritual disciplines in your life then notice if you would secondly not only self-control but there is a practice of focus we must in this spiritual quest to be on the winning side, maintain godly focus. Now notice verse 26, just going through the text this morning. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Now Paul continues with the sports metaphor. And he continues to teach us that we must have focus. And we must have focus on the purpose uh, uh, which is Jesus Christ. He says, I'm not going to run uncertainly from place to place, just hither and there. I I'm not going to fight uh, in the way of just shadow boxing all the time as one that beats the air. He says, I I'm going to do that which is essential in my walk with Christ. And what is essential? Looking to Christ is essential. Keeping the focus is essential. Look at Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now look at that phrase. Looking unto Jesus. Let's say that together. Looking unto Jesus. One more time. 
Why are we doing these things? Bible reading, prayer, church attendance. Why does Lancaster Baptist Church still have a Sunday night or a Wednesday night church? Other churches don't even do that anymore. Because the Bible says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I know most of you, listen friends, we don't need less Bible. We need all the Bible we can get. And we need to exercise in the Word of God. And we need to be reminded to stay focused on Christ. Looking unto Jesus. That's the focus. Golf immortal Arnold Palmer relays a lesson concerning this principle of keeping focus. He was winning the Masters in 1961. He was ahead by a couple of strokes and feeling good. He was walking down the fairway and one of his friends shouted out to him and said, Arnie, you got it, man, that's great. He recognized the guy, went over, shook his hand, even said a few words to him and thought he was in real good shape to win the Masters and took the congratulations from his friend went on up to the green and as he stood there at the green he uh, he took four putts before he finally holed out and then on to the next green and again more shots than he should have taken and he wound up losing the masters by one point and Arnold Palmer said this he said I missed the putts and I lost the masters I lost my focus the moment I spoke to that man. I learned my lesson, and I've never done it again in 30 years. You see, if you watch the great golfers, they're not trying to be unfriendly. Many of them will give signatures after the game. But most of them, when they're in the heat of that game, they're focused on one thing, that next shot. They're focused on one thing, winning that prize. And for you and for me as Christians, God wants us to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to keep that the main thought behind every decision. And if your focal point is some human attainment down the road, and if all you can think about is what you're going to do when you're this age or that age, and you're not ever thinking about when you see Jesus Christ, then you don't understand the spiritual side to living as a disciplined spiritual athlete today. Peter had to learn that lesson. The Bible tells us in Matthew 4, 29, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind and boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? You see, the fact of the matter is that while Peter was walking on the water and while he was looking unto Jesus, he was on top of that water experiencing a miracle. But the moment he looked over, and saw the big wave he sunk instantly and and all of us must recognize in this matter of our spiritual disciplines that we must do it all for the Lord Jesus Christ it must be for him it must be for Jesus in every step of the way so we see the purpose of discipline to finish the race and the practice of discipline to focus on Christ notice finally this morning the product of discipline what is the product of this spiritual life of discipline verse 27 but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now notice the product of this life that Paul is teaching us about this morning. Notice first of all, it is a controlled life. A controlled life. How many of you would agree that many lives are completely out of control this morning? Did you know that anger is simply one letter away from danger, that there are many people who live in anger, and anger causes them to be out of control, and alcohol causes people to be out of control, 
and drugs causes people to be out of control. There are many Christians who are out of control today because they walk to the flesh and not to the spirit. But Paul said, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Now the word keep under simply means that he disciplined his body. An athlete will lead his body. He will not allow his body to lead him. And he said, I, I have a matter of discipline about me. Romans six nineteen. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness and unto holiness. Now listen carefully what Paul was saying there. He's saying before you got saved, you made the choice to give your members, your body, to wickedness. Now that you are saved, make the choice to give your body to righteousness. So whereas those feet uh, used to go to bad, wicked places, use those same feet to go to church. Whereas those hands held bad, wicked things and booze and drugs. Now use those same hands to pass out gospel tracts. Whereas that mouth was used to say wicked foul language. Now let that mouth be used to edifying and to glorifying God. In other words, Paul said, listen, this is a choice of discipline. And if you want to live a godly life, then you can live a godly life. And don't say, well, whatever's going to happen, God is sovereign. Yes, God is sovereign, but God has still given us responsibility to bear the fruit of of his spirit in our life so you will see a controlled life but then also you will see an exemplary life if you determine to have spiritual disciplines in your life your life instead of becoming a castaway will be a testimony for others to follow now notice what it says here in verse 27 as we close but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should be a castaway. Now, the word castaway means disqualified. It does not mean you lose your salvation. Once someone is saved, Ephesians 1 and 6 tells us that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God until the day of our redemption. Listen very carefully. You cannot, if you've been truly saved, you cannot lose your salvation. No man can pluck you out of the Father's hand. But you can lose your testimony. And Paul said, I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be someone that loses my testimony along the way. And I want to tell you something. Paul said, I want to be under discipline because I don't want to preach one thing and then later on become a castaway. And I want to repeat to you, it's not just NFL players with lots of money who become castaway. Anybody in this room can lose their testimony if they don't live under the disciplines of Almighty God. Listen today, moms and dads, the very best gift that you can give to your children is a good example. The very best gift that you can give to the next generation is a good example. And many who've attended church have become a castaway. They have lost their testimony. You see, God wants us to have a testimony that is approved of Him, that is pleasing to Him. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Approved unto God. The reason we study the Bible is not to just become biblical brainiacs. The reason we study the Bible is so that we might live a life that is different and that is approved of God and I want you to recognize that every one of us need to determine to live bringing our bodies into subjection lest that by any means after we have preached to others we should become a castaway 
Like the Corinthian runners, one day we will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and we will give an account for the way that we have run the race. Notice it's in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one of us may receive of the things done in this body according that he hath done, whether they be good or bad. Living a life of spiritual discipline can result in a reward given to the Lord Jesus. Notice in 2 Timothy 4.7, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Let's say that together, shall we? Ready to begin. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've preached that very text at many a funeral. Let's say it again. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And then Paul said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Notice that. Henceforth, because I lived this way, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. The crown of righteousness is God's reward for faithful Christian living. And God says, even as those runners in ancient Corinth and Athens stood there before the Bema seat and received their reward, if you will be faithful to Jesus unto your death, and if you will live your life looking for him to come again, that there will be a crown of life for you and that you will have the privilege of having uh, received that crown of life and then giving the glory and honor back to the Lord. My vision as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church extends far beyond the buildings and the campus. It extends far beyond the programs. My vision for the members of Lancaster Baptist Church is that one day we'll stand before the Lord and that you and that I will hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't know uh, if we'll be next to one another. I don't know how that's all going to work, but wouldn't it be awesome if we were able to rejoice in the fact that we finished well maybe we'd give a little thumbs up or a high five or a wink like we made it God's so good I don't know exactly how that's going to play out but my vision is to see every one of you standing before the Lord receiving that reward of faithfulness because you made the decision to live on the winning side not for a year not for two years but until Jesus Christ comes again and friend this morning every one of us must come to that place of saying yes God is sovereign but I'm not going to take a fatal view of that. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. The purpose of discipline uh, is that I might live in a glorifying way to Him. And the practice of discipline is that I might focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the product of that will be a controlled and an exemplary life that Jesus Christ one day will commend for His honor and glory. Now everybody wants to be on the winning side. Every athlete wants to play in the Super Bowl if he's a football player. And every baseball player wants to go to the World Series. And every Christian would love to hear Jesus say, well done. But there must be some decisions made today if we'll be on the winning side. Now, if you're saved, you're already there spiritually. And one day you'll be in heaven. If you've never accepted Christ, that's the first decision you need to make today. To realize that as a sinner, Jesus died for your sin. And to come to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sin. Then if you've already been saved, what is it this morning that's missing from your regimen? You say, boy, I am faithful to take my vitamin. I am faithful to do my exercise. But are you faithful? Are you faithful in his word, in prayer? Do you need to be faithful in church attendance beyond a periodic Sunday morning? What is it today? 
that God would say, I want you to take this step forward in your spiritual exercise unto godliness. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but spiritual exercise profiteth much. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you're interested in watching Pastor Chapel preach live during a Lancaster Baptist Church service, you can now log on to lbclive.tv Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Visit lancasterbaptist.org for a list of times and other services. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.